Matt. Hi, Barry. How are you? Good. Nice to talk to you. Are you in the West Coast or East Coast? I'm in the West Coast. I live in Palm Springs. When I was looking up some information, I mean, I was I know who you are. I know you know you know your music, but you go online, and it's amazing how much information there is about your career and even your personal life, like on your Wikipedia page. Are you amazed at how much information is out there? Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> it just keeps adding up as the years go on. More and more things happen. So, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of information. What's the extent of your personal online presence? Are you, uh, do you use Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff? Um, no, I don't. I, um, I, I, uh, I don't use Facebook and I don't use Twitter. Um, uh, I think it's just a little too public for me. Um, I, you know, my, um, my, my, uh, the people that run my management organization, they have a Barry Manilow Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And I can go on there and I can check out what the, what people are, are saying and uh, photos and stuff like that. But I don't have one of my own. Uh, I just think it's a little too public for me. Now you got your 50th Top 40 here with Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how does it feel to keep racking up all the chart records? Isn't it, I don't, it's just amazing. I, I just I can't get over it. I just can't get over it. I, you know, I, I thought this would be over years ago, but um, I, I seem to, the public is very kind to me, and they seem to be still interested in what I've got, to, the music I'm making, and it's uh, amazing, amazing to me. You know, the, because it's Christmas album, you know, that's, that's, that's one of those holiday classics now, you know, everybody, it's right up there with the, with the Nat King Cole records and everything. Oh, you know, right. One of my favorites is, is the Jingle Bells that you did with Expose, that one, that's my favorite on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did three. You know, for a Jewish guy, having three Christmas albums. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just love that stuff. I love that kind of songwriting because you know, when you do the classic Christmas pop songs, you're going back to that world of the 1940s and uh, 30s and 40s, and that's the world I love. The, the, that songwriting, the great uh, stuff that comes out of the Great American Songbook, written by some of the great songwriters, they're in that Christmas. A catalog of music. So I love uh, uh, um, uh, uh, arranging and producing and performing songs like that. And the Christmas stuff is right up my alley. Um, I loved the Because It's Christmas album. It was my first one, mm -hmm. and I loved it. And then the next one was maybe even my my most favorite. And that was called a, a Gift of Love, a Christmas Gift of Love. Yeah. And because it was more of a swing thing, and I, I you know it was really fun. To, uh, to work with a, a swinging orchestra like that and, uh, and arrange these old songs uh, with that kind of feel in mind. And, uh, and then the third one was a smaller one. It was kind of a jazzy uh, uh, take on some of these Christmas uh, uh, songs. So I loved, I loved making all three of them. So this next one is a compilation of all those three albums, the best of all those three, and it, I think it just came out. Yes, yes, it did. As a, yes, as a, you know, you know, as a, as a songwriter, have have all the you know the writing a holiday classic like those, you know, like Jingle Bells and those songs that just live on forever. I mean, generations. Have you ever? I mean, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but have you ever tried to to tackle writing a a classic of that type of magnitude, like another type of Jingle Bells or well, something? I've got one that they, they keep going for that I did about three years ago. It's called Christmas is Just Around the Corner. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, 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 they play it a lot over the last four years. I think it's only four years old. And uh, it, it is irresistible. You should check it out. It's irresistible. And I think I nailed it. Bruce and I nailed it. He wrote a great lyric. And I wrote one of those real commercial cashy melodies. 
And uh, you know, it's the only the Christmas kind of things are the only way you can get a song like that on the radio. Uh, otherwise, you know, it becomes uh, well, what are they? Old-fashioned, uh, you know, all the all the words that they use. But you can get that kind of a song on the radio in that style during the Christmas. Um, uh, uh, time and uh, so that because it's just around the corner because it's Christmas and maybe even uh, that uh, song I wrote years ago called It's Just Another New Year's Eve mm-hmm. uh, those are the three they play uh, that are originals and uh, you know but you only get a month of them you know you only get a, a <laughs> month on the radio but you know it takes a long time for those songs to become classics you know that's why Jingle Bells is such a classic it's a million years old <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just around the corner Christmas You feel it in the air Better write all your letters to Santa The shopping and robbing to do I bet you'll never believe it When you see what I got you You're gonna love it Christmas is just around the corner Candles are glowing everywhere Can't wait until that night Reindeer appear Christmas and it's just about you get me Christmas It's just around the corner At the, at the, you know, like we were talking about the, the top 40 hit, you know, the sales awards you've received. I was looking at your discography online and the, the gold uh, platinum uh, record sales. You know, it doesn't look, even like in the past few years, your latest releases, you haven't lost touch with, with the, this even new generation of fans. How does it make you feel to maintain your, I don't know, you know, use the word relevancy with, you know, today's music? So much has changed. Yes, I am amazed. I am amazed. But, you know, one of the, one of the things I've learned is that one of the ways of being commercial is to not be commercial, is to not to try to be commercial. Every time I've tried to write a hit song, I always bomb. 
every time I've done stuff that just feels good, those are the ones that uh, that I have I have a shot with. Uh, like Copacabana, for instance, uh, you know, nobody believed in it. The record company thought it was a novelty cut that belonged on the Sonny and Cher hour. Um, none of them believed in it, and I loved writing it. Bruce and I had a ball with, with his lyric and my melody, and um, Ronnie and I produced a real great record, and that was it. I loved it. And the record company didn't promote it. They just, you know, they just let it go, and they promoted all the other big ballads that were on that album. And here came Copacabana out of nowhere, and the public just liked it. They liked it, and it went up the charts little by little by little until it got to the top ten. Um, so, you know, who knows uh, how to write a hit song? I don't. I just do what feels good. And, you know, and that's like what I say. Uh, maybe the best way to be commercial is just to not commercial. Now, I'm always curious uh, when I talk to artists about pre-show rituals that they do before they go on stage in front of thousands of people. How do you prepare for a show? Well, I, I do all my stuff. I put my clothes on and I, you know, I, I, I try to look at my best. And then before I go on stage, I do get together with the band. Uh, you know, we don't hold hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah. But we do make sure that we get together in a room and just talk or there's a there's a cd player blasting and we just become a group i think it's really important for us to become a group and walk together down the hallway up to the stage and onto the stage and for me i really need to feel that all of us are together we're a group uh that would be the only ritual i can tell you about now are you uh you a country music fan? You listen to country music a lot? I do not. Have you ever thought about doing a country album just I, as a side project? I think it would be a little crazy. <laughs> uh, a guy like me from Brooklyn, are you kidding? Uh, I, think the, uh, I think the country audience would throw me off the stage. But I did do a, uh, one of my favorite cuts is a Garth Brooks song called If Tomorrow Never Comes. Mm. And I did my uh, pop ballad, pop version of it and i do it on stage now and again and you know i slowed it down and added a backbeat and um it's a beautiful record and whenever i do it you know they uh, the public loves it the audiences always love it and it, i i but i but even though it's a country song the way he does it i did it in my own way and it still works which just goes to prove that if it's a good song it'll work in any any style any arrangement any kind of take on it and uh, that song Country as it is, is just as good for me as it is for Garth. How do you even pick a set list with all all the songs you got? You know, it's just if you're just doing a holiday show, you just stick to the holiday songs, or you well, try to throw in everything. Every, you know, I, every tour I've done, uh, I always sit down and and take a look at my life and say, okay, what what do I want to say? What is this show? What do what, what do I want them to walk out feeling, or remembering, or uh, understanding? Uh, and, you know, and most of the time it was always uh, based on the latest album. Whether it was a big, if it was a big band album that I had, uh, the whole stage looked a little like uh, a big band. Uh, even though I sang the hits, I, the whole the whole evening was kind of uh, headed in the uh, the big band era. Same thing with my Showstoppers album, which was a Broadway mm-hmm. album. And it just you know, but and and um, so every every time I go out. Uh, I always try to figure out what, what what is the angle to this 
year. And so this this year, it real I see what the audiences want. They want the songs that they grew up with. They want to hear these songs that they love that I've done, and I'm happy to do it. And so this year, it's really it's not a greatest hit show. But it, it includes more of the hits than I've ever done. Now, you, your instrument drive seems to be doing quite well. A lot of uh, people are driving to that. You know, how, how's it going? You've been keeping up on how it's doing? Uh, yeah, I do. In the, in the beginning, I, I chose cities, and we uh, picked oh, 15 schools, and we uh, asked them what they needed, and I would go, and me and Yamaha, we would we would get them all the instruments they needed. Every city, we, we did that, and we would five truckloads of brand new instruments would take off at the same time and they would go to these schools and uh, drop them off. Well, this last tour, I decided I would ask the audiences to help me out. And they drop off uh, used instruments that they're not using or collecting dust in the attic and their basement. And they drop them off at the gig or uh, at some music store. And um, it's been working. I, I started off, I, I donate a piano to every city. And I'm hoping that the audiences will come along, and they have. Every city that we've played, and I've done this too, um, we've collected between, oh, 75 to 100 instruments, and we, do, we give it to the school district, and they give it out to the schools that need it. And, you know, it's a small organization, this Manila Music Project. It's not like the Grammys or Naris with multi-millions of dollars worth of I, I just do it because I needed to do it, and and it seems to be working. What do you think about uh, the cutbacks that are happening in public schools right now? It's just awful. Back. That's what started this whole thing off. Uh, you know, when I found out that they're cutting music and arts classes all over the country, and uh, it just, you know, to think that young kids are not going to have music in, in the schools, goodness. Uh, you know, if I didn't have it, you know, I, I, you know, I come from Brooklyn, from Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which when I grew up there was a dump, and my high school was a dump, but my high school had an orchestra class in it, and it was the thing that grounded me and pointed me in the direction that I needed to be in. Uh, and there may be a baby Barry out there right now that is filled with music and doesn't know what to do with it and doesn't and the schools are not going to help them along, and it just kills me. What products do you have lined up for the future? What projects? Uh, okay, I've got an idea for another album, uh, but it's taken me a long time. Uh, but it's a, it's an interesting uh, album. It may be in the style of an album I made years ago called uh, uh, Paradise Cafe. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, my first uh, jazz album. And, and so this next album, I'm kind of toying around with uh, that style of album. And then I've got uh, this um, Broadway uh, musical uh, that I've been uh, trying to mount for, for years now that looks good for this year. So um, we'll all cross our fingers for that. It's called Harmony. Well, thank you so much, Barry. I appreciate you taking your time. This was great. You, you were, you, great questions. So this was very enjoyable. Thanks a lot. Well, take care. God bless. We'll, uh, we'll see you here in town. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I remember all my life Raining down as cold as ice Shadows of a man A face through a window Crying in the night The night goes into morning Just enough 
another day Happy people pass my way Looking in their eyes I see a memory I never realized How happy you made me Oh, Mandy Well, you came and you gave Without taking But I sent you away You kiss me and stop me from shaking And I need you today myself totally broke in 1974 I was scared shitless I tell you sometimes life is scary sometimes life just seems very unfair but you just gotta hang in there really what's the alternative giving up uh-uh I'll tell you what I learned on the streets of Brooklyn New York you can give in you can give out but you don't give up <laughs> 